Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of At The Bar. I'm your host, Brad Marshall. And this series is designed to have conversations around the topic of health and wellness and mindset. Today, uh, a special episode joined for the first time by a couple. So excited to dive into it with both Michael and Kristen tonight. So thank you both for joining. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah. That's very unison. I'm, I'm very excited to see how this is going to play out too when you know you have a question to see who answers it. Is it going to be in unison or, or who takes over? We are not scripted here, so this will be fun. Uh, but what we like to do to start to help folks get to know both of you a little bit better is give you an opportunity. Just tell us a little bit uh, about yourself as much or as little as you'd like so folks who are listening can get to know who's on the podcast today. You first. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Hag. I was born in Kentucky, grew up in Georgia, went back to school in Kentucky, um, stayed there for a little while. That's where Kristen and I met in Kentucky. Um, uh, we moved to North Carolina about three years ago for a job here. So that's how we landed here in North Carolina. And Holly Springs was like in the affordable range when we moved here. Might have skyrocketed since then. So uh, moved to Holly Springs and just really enjoy uh, living here in North Carolina. Uh, like Kristen introduce herself. Okay, we also have kids, but I'll, um, I am Kristen Hag, and uh, I grew up in California. Um, we met at school, in, or I was in school in Kentucky, and uh, we ended up here. We have two kids. Uh, four-year-old and a two-year, almost two-year-old, and then we also have a two-and-a-half-year-old in India. So, or almost a family of five. <laughs> almost. Yeah, and really exciting. Uh, and that's essentially how we've had a chance to interact and meet is is through the gym. But then getting to know you and the kids and and the little one that's on the way, it's been really really fun. And I think that's why the conversation today, I'm excited about to dive into this idea of health and wellness as a family and how folks listening at home can learn maybe some tips or tricks or things that you all have implemented. And so along those lines, uh, let's start off with just what is your sort of fitness or health and wellness journey been like uh, now met at the CrossFit gym, but uh, tell us a little bit about what your fitness history has been like. Yeah, I grew up um, playing a lot of sports. Um, played competitive soccer when I was younger, then switched to softball, um, played through high school. And then uh, after college, I didn't really know how to fitness because everyone was always, you know, you always have a coach telling you what to do when, and that's what keeps you in shape and um, moving. And so I kind of fell out of really moving my body for any reason other than, you know, going places. And so um, after I had Logan, um, our oldest, when he was uh, about eight months old, um, I got into a CrossFit gym down in Georgia um, and we, I loved it and went every single day. I had a great coach at Shake Rag and um, kept doing CrossFit and Michael got bugged a lot about joining CrossFit because I loved it so much and, you know, loved the community. And so I've just been doing CrossFit ever since and uh, finally got him to join in. <laughs> You have, yeah. you have the opposite uh, effect that my wife and I had where I started and took her about three or four years of hearing enough about it that she finally decided to try it out. So it's funny how one partner does 
start down that road and sooner or later the other one kicking and screaming sometimes comes but it, it turned out well uh so michael yeah let's hear a little bit about what your fitness history has been like yeah i grew up i played soccer in middle school played some in high school played the cross in high school uh went to college definitely gained the freshman 15 maybe the freshman 20 um and it was just like all school 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 so like i would work out occasionally you know you go to the the gym at school and you lift weights for like 30 minutes and you do like some curls and some bench press and that's you know the extent of what you're doing um and then like once we graduated like same thing I wasn't like eating anything you know wasn't working out consistently anything like that um when we we moved to Georgia um right before we had Logan we were going to be close to my parents pre-babysitting things of that nature um, there was a triathlon club that was in Petrie City. So for a couple of years there, I was doing like triathlon, like sprints and stuff like that. Uh, did my first half marathon. I did a marathon. Um, so I was doing some, like some distance stuff. It was just easy to do at the time. Um, so fitness has always been kind of like there in one shape, form or fashion. And then when we moved here, I started doing CrossFit uh, shortly after we started moving here, a different gym, and then moved to, to Shoefly. Um, yeah, so that's been my kind of fitness journey. Yeah, and what I think is always so fascinating is to hear how people's fitness jerseys have evolved over time. And a lot of folks, it seems like, especially in the CrossFit community, start off playing some kind of sport, and yeah. maybe that's why they appreciate or enjoy that transition. Um, so Chris, how did you come to find CrossFit down in Georgia? Because I always think it's fascinating to hear people's stories of how they wander in or figure out, hey, let's go try this thing out. And that becomes what they enjoy. Yeah, actually, um, my family is a very big CrossFit family. Um, my brother started 12 years ago. Um, he went to college in Reno, Nevada. And one of the PE classes was a CrossFit class um, at an affiliate. And so he has his L1 and, or his L2. And then my dad, he got my dad into it. And my dad got my mom into it. And my dad has L1 and um, really passionate. He's like the guy that will tell you about CrossFit anytime you want to know about it, how wonderful it is for your life and um, how you can, I mean, he, you know, got off medication from it and, you know, just the life-changing effects of CrossFit. He's that guy. And so um, finally, I succumbed to all the, all the hype. <laughs> the and pure the, family pressure pushed her. Pressure, I, yeah. I, oh, it was worth it, though, because once I got into it, you know, it was definitely something that fits me and my personality really well. Yeah, that's interesting. I have not actually heard too many stories like that where the whole family is yes. involved in that way shape or form without you know owning an affiliate or something like that so, yes. so you can imagine the pressure on michael once i had joined he was the only one in the family who was not doing it just a matter of time pretty much yeah <laughs> so what uh out of curiosity michael what sort of hesitations did you have during that period because i i have my side of the story with my own family and the hesitations before you know she finally came so i'm just curious what on your end, what were some of the hesitations before jumping in? Yeah, I think uh, I was just doing other things, right? Like I, I mean, running slash triathlon was just my thing. It was easy yeah. to do. Um, when we were in Atlanta, I was 
commuting about two hours a day. So I really had to basically just make do with whatever gym and fitness I was given. So there was a gym on site where I was working. So I basically just had to do that and run around there. So those really didn't allow a lot of options for like getting home for classes or anything near our house. So it was basically a logistical thing. And that's what's we moved here. I mean, everything's so much closer. That's one of the major reasons we moved here is that the commute is so much better. So more, uh, more time to get to classes in the morning and things like that. Yeah. It's amazing how, when you can find the convenience of a place that's close enough, local fits in your schedule, those are all big pieces. And so I think it's always interesting to see how people's goals or aspirations change over time. You know, initially, if you're involved in a sport, the whole reason you're working out or trying to get better is to do well in that sport. And then you leave that sport and you're just kind of like, okay, now what, what's the point? Um, and, you know, for various reasons, we go find fitness uh, pieces that work for us. So I'm curious to hear from both of you. What sort of goals or aspirations or things are on your mind when you think about why you are engaging in fitness or what are things you're striving towards? Uh, mine's a little unique right now. So four years ago when I was in the triathlon, like doing that all the time, I was like, I did a couple of sprints. I did an Olympic or two. And then I was like, all right, I'll sign up for a half Ironman. Uh, there's one down in Wilmington. It's close. Her parents live there. So it was out of convenience is a good place to do one. So that was four years ago. Mm. Um, the first year I'd signed up, a hurricane came through like two or three weeks before and the water quality had was terrible. You couldn't swim in it, so they had to cancel that year. Uh, the second year, our daughter was born like a month before and I couldn't spend like 12 to 16 hours training. Kristen probably would have killed no. me. <laughs> um, and then last year was COVID and they canceled it. So this is year number four. I've been signed up for this race. And to be quite honest, I'm not like excited to train for it. I'm like dreading it. I was like, when I signed up for a race four years ago, like that was- We had no kids. Yeah, that was Lots no kids ago. That was- just a long life ago it seems like so mm -hmm. i'm kind of begrudgingly uh headed towards the goal of a half iron man i want to check it off my lists uh get the medal and that's about it that's about all i'm doing for the next two months <laughs> okay so so it's coming up in two months yeah it's at the end of october yep okay is that something that you've stayed relatively like close to running biking swimming or is this sort of like i'm getting back into it now yeah, I'm really getting back into it. Like okay. I, he loves CrossFit so much. He doesn't uh, have to do the triathlon yeah, stuff. Pretty yeah. much. I was like, I, we just like did the clean and jerk max and I PR'd that and like PR'd some squats and front squats. And now like I've been doing CrossFit. I mean, I ride run occasionally. Like I, you know, take the kids out, you know, for a 5k or whatever. We, you know, go ride the bike, but nothing like hopping on the bike for an hour two or three or four hours that'll be or i haven't been like running anything over you know four or five miles so yeah yeah and i haven't swam probably since i trained four years ago for the first race mm -hmm. i don't like swimming i got in the pool <laughs> this week for the first time in a long time to swim and i'm just not thrilled about it so yeah well this will be the the true test to see if the <laughs> does 
help out in other areas of the games athletes just had a one mile swim uh to open yeah. up the event they got fins though so they got a little bonus yeah little, little little advantage yeah so that's exciting so a uh, half iron man coming up and Kristen, how about you when you think about what you're working towards some goals or aspirations what's on your mind um i feel like my crossfit goals are always i mean i love conquering like the next thing like the next skill um, I think long-term my goal, I mean, the kids, my two kids come to class with me and you've seen them there. So, um, showing them like what our bodies can do in like a really cool way. And I love that, um, at shoe fly, there's so many women there that are very strong. And so they're seeing like these awesome role models every single day. And I, so I feel like my goal in doing CrossFit is just being like a really great role model for my kids and teaching them about, you know, health in a fitness space where it's like all positive and like you know you're using your body to get strong and to be functional and to move well and you know lift a lot of stuff like my, my kids always tell me that I am strong and like they think like mommy's strong and daddy's strong and they are strong and so um I just love being able to have them to see that as an example every single day yeah and something I, I love about what you said there is we don't always have to have this like very tangible concrete goal of I need to finish a specific race lift a certain weight etc we can have the general goal of I just want to be healthy and want to be strong I want to be a role model and it really is incredibly powerful just having that type of motivation can be for us so I think that's really cool and unique perspective to have is Maybe there's not a number we're searching for, or maybe there is, but just this general sense of, I want to be a great role model for the kids. Yeah. And I think that's a great place for us to dive into that. And one of the reasons I thought it would be unique to have you both on here is how do you do that within a family? And we have a lot of families at Shoefly, and I'm sure there's a lot of folks who try and figure out what that balance is like of having kids, but still having time to focus on health and fitness, whether it's getting a workout in, the way that you eat, the lifestyle that you choose. So let's start around what are the habits that you and your family have established that you feel like help you all when it comes to your health and fitness as a family? I feel like for one, the habit of like going to the gym every day um, and making it just like part of our daily schedule is super important, um, especially with kids. Uh, you know, getting them going places is really difficult. And so when they wake up in the morning, they wake up, you know, we hang out, they have breakfast and they know like we're going to CrossFit. And so, um, it's not like a question. It just happens every day except for Thursday. Um, and so I think being in the routine and having it part of the daily schedule makes it easy to go. And so it's not a fight every morning. Like everyone knows that's where we're going. And so then I don't have to worry about like, oh, this is going to be too difficult to get us all going to CrossFit. Like we're there when we need to be because it's just part of our daily routine. Mm. That's important. Yeah. And I think finding a space that uh, supports or allows for that too, whether that's, you know, CrossFit gym or any yeah. other gym, having a space where the kids can come along. And like you said, then they can see and observe and learn a lot that's going on um, and be a part of it. It's not like, oh, I got a dragon, but like they're actually engaged yeah. in learning in some way, shape or form. Yeah, they definitely do a lot of workouts at home. They've got a little barbell. Um, they'll start breaking out. They like to do a lot of burpees and running, which is not my preference, <laughs> but um, it's easy to, easy to replicate at home. And so they do that a lot. 
Um, tonight we were watching the CrossFit Games and uh, they started doing wall walks on our walls. <laughs> they were so trying. They were trying really hard. They weren't successful. They were kind oh, of- I, I was going to say, if they, got, if they got inverted at that age, I was going to be <laughs> impressed. That would be amazing. I mean, Kylie was up. She, they both had their feet up. They're just like on their heads. They've got short arms when they're little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't have the upper body strength quite yet. Yeah. And with the food and the healthy eating, the more not so much for us. We kind of just stick to what we need to eat. Um, we try to model good eating habits for them, but they, at this age, really prefer like mac and cheese. And yeah. um, you just have to kind of accept the facts. We just got you know, food in the belly is good, but it is cool. We do talk about um, food in the sense of like what it does to your body. And so, like this morning, um, Logan didn't want to eat his breakfast or he he had a plate of eggs and our dog ate them because he had them down on a low table <laughs> and he goes I need more eggs I don't have any protein and so like we talk about like what's protein and protein is like fuel for the day or like carbs are like short you know you need you need energy quick and so talking about food in terms of like what it does for your body um is something we try and do at home and yeah. so I, I feel like they understand that they know that they need protein for the day and they'll be like, does this have protein in it? And we'll be like, yep. So that's going to be good. That'll keep you full longer. Let's add some fat with it and, you know, try to teach those lessons about food. Um, so that's, you know, it's fuel and your body, your food is fuel and your body is there to do stuff. Yeah. It's incredible how much kids soak up from moving like people they see, or also the nutrition side and what I really appreciate about that is I feel like that is something that is not necessarily learned through school or anything like yeah. that of like what is food in terms of having it for fuel and how much should I eat and what should it look like and if we just rely on you know the media and tv and all this and that we can get a really distorted view of what food looks like uh, so just out of curiosity how, how did you all come to learn about the nutrition did your parents set you up in a way that hey this is food this is what we like to eat or not eat or how did that operate well this here's my fun fact uh my undergraduate degree is in human nutrition so uh <laughs> i am uh formally educated but that was technically qualified yeah technically qualified but i haven't done any uh, continuous learning in 10 years so there's okay. no, uh, certificates that go along with that so but, got the basics yeah so i think like like growing up, like food was never, I mean, food was just what was on the table. There wasn't anything healthful. Mm. It wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't like, you know, you get hamburger helper on the dinner table and your know, mac and cheese or, you know, whatever maybe. I'm not saying those foods are unhealthful, but in certain back to back to back, you know, they can be um, adding up. And I think that my parents had somewhat of an unhealthy relationship with food. They've been on a recent journey to lose a lot of that weight, which is great. But um, I was never really taught anything about healthful food or learning. And when I went to college, it's like, I want to go to medical school. I don't want a biology degree because that seems useless. So I'll go the nutrition route, gets me on the prereqs. Um, but kind of went through that program. And I think like a lot of the research has changed. I think it's one of those fields that continuously changes as far as like, we're finding out new things, finding out how the body reacts and how the body is transforming. Um, but like the baseline knowledge of like, what is a carb? What is a protein? How does that break down in your body? And like all those kind of fun things that I learned, um, that we've kind of continued to learn about. And I think that's 
you know, I, I use my nutritional knowledge and Kristen's like recipes and then we like look at them and I'm like, ah, yeah, yes or no, or is this good, is this bad? Yes, no, that kind of stuff. So I think that we spend a lot of time talking about that and how, you know, mainly for us, obviously for the kids too, but a little bit, uh, bit more picky on their side than, than we are. So. Yeah, and I always think that's so interesting, you know, people's upbringing because um, I can relate a little bit, grew up with three brothers and it was just, we need to get these boys fed because they enjoy <laughs> athletics and they're trying to grow and all this and that. But then, like you said, it, it is hard and challenging to figure out how much, what types, et cetera. And, and that can change based on goals, based on what you're going through, you know, pregnancies and coming out of pregnancies and what does that look like? So having somebody or, you know, a variety of coaches who can help navigate those waters is important but then also you know training the kids and it'll be hopefully second nature for them as they grow older um, yeah. which is really cool that you're able to do that yeah I feel like it would be super valuable to grow up thinking of food in a, like a how this feels my body perspective instead of I mean I feel like you know so many women grow up and they've had bad relationships with food and so our goal is just always to make sure that food is positive and like that we know what food does so you know if you're eating a bunch of well Logan had um we don't do a ton of sugar um Logan had uh, a kid size ice cream cone the other night and the kid size was like basically an adult size it was <laughs> ginormous and he decided to eat the whole thing and he's never had more than like maybe a couple bites of ice cream and we we're driving home and he goes, I do not feel good. My <laughs> belly hurts so bad. And so we just talked about like, you know, your body's like really small and that was a lot of sugar. And so like your body cannot metabolize all that sugar and that hurts your belly. And um, so talking about food in like ways that it affects your body and hopefully yeah. then, hopefully with all that, they'll end up with like this good relationship with food and kind of understand and make decisions based on their knowledge instead of like, what they feel like they want yeah we didn't like we didn't stop it like we we know better right like we're obviously educated like we know better but for him to like learn that in the environment of like okay we we know what's gonna happen here let's let it play out with him and then talk him through yeah and the next time how that's got, gonna play out next time we got ice cream he was like i don't want any it's gonna make my belly hurt and we we're like you can have a little bit and so <laughs> yeah. he got i mean like the smallest little scoop and he, he goes, my belly doesn't hurt. And we're like, okay, well, maybe you found like a good portion size for yourself. Like, that's great. You've now learned that. So next time, make sure that you don't eat like a giant amount. Yeah. So it's really cool. Like the thing that you hope happens when it plays out in real life. Happens. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, awesome. Great learning opportunity. We're great parents. Great job. <laughs> I know, <good> job. <laughs> but you got to make sure he doesn't, you know, develop uh, uh disgust for ice cream because when he hits prs he's gonna need to go get blizzard he's gonna get the so, blizzard pr yeah i go to dairy queen yeah. yeah yeah well and i've seen on instagram too you're dabbling in some foreign cuisines obviously preparing for a new one to join the family so what's that been like kind of venturing and dabbling in some different cuisines because i feel like people especially when you try and eat a certain way you can get mm -hmm. a little regimented you know you just have your basic proteins and carbs and now you're mixing it up and bringing some Indian cuisine into the mix. What's that been like? Um, we do not count macros. I have asked, I would have to talk to Street about it, but I feel like it would be kind of hard to calculate like a portion size, but it's really interesting. I've noticed like we make Indian food twice a week now. And, you know, when you go to a restaurant, it, it seems like it has a bunch of stuff, but basically Indian food is all vegetables 
a meat or like a lentils or beans or something like that. And then you have like your rice on the side or something, but um, like the base of most of the sauces is like tomato and onion. So it's vegetables. So it's actually really healthy. I mean, all really quality stuff um, when you're making. So I feel like sometimes when you eat um, different foods out, you, you get like the restaurant version of it that isn't like as healthy as you want it to be, but making it at home, it's actually really decent food. And, um, it tastes wonderful, of course, but like, it's really good, like tons of vegetables. Um, and you've got your protein and then you've got a little rice on the side. So it's kind of like a nice little trio there. Yeah. We've we've talked to a lot of people that basically like, okay, you think Indian food, most Americans think Indian food of like what they get at an Indian restaurant, like Like a curry, curry or tikka masala or whatever. It's like, those restaurants have actually like made it more fatty to accommodate or like to appeal to an American diet. Whereas like the recipes that Kristen's looking at are like authentic and like the big, like the basic. So it's like much healthier than what you would typically get in an Indian restaurant in the U S that was actually gonna be my next question is where did you find recipes to cook? Is it just dabbling yourself with different ingredients once you start to learn them? Because I feel like even when you look for recipes online, even for just traditional foods, yeah. it is hard to find stuff where you're not layering in a lot of fats and butters and things like that. So just out of curiosity, is there certain places you've gone that you've enjoyed hearing their recipes or trying them out and they seem to be in line with the way that you like to eat? Yeah, I um, I just look for uh, recipe bloggers who are Indian. So, you know, going to the source um, keeping it authentic. And so, uh, there's like a blog called ministry of curry and one's called piping pot curry and should I name curry in both of them, but they're both really easy to follow. Um, and are not like fluffed recipes with extra things that you don't really need. Um, and those are both Indian bloggers and, and just like to get my um, ethnic foods from the source. And so yeah. that's where we're going to go. Yeah. And then most like the other recipes, I think you typically look at like clean eating or. Oh, we're not eating Indian. Yeah. yeah. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Just typically like the buzzwords to. Yeah. You have like, to search the buzzwords to find recipes. Like minimal sugar, minimal processed type foods. Yeah. I mean, we, we try to look for recipes that are like as minimally processed as possible, right? Like don't buy three packaged foods and then add them together to make a meal. It's yeah. like, all right, is this start with vegetables or start with the meat? And then we make, you know, the outcome there. So I think it's what we typically try to look for on like recipes and ingredient lists. The shorter they are, the better they are. Yeah. That's what I think that like my knowledge, my education, like I can look at an ingredient list and tell you like almost every single thing that's on there, even like the maltose dextrin number four red, like all those things that I learned about. I can tell you, typically is that okay or like yeah it's shy away from that kind of stuff so yeah the old uh tip around shopping around the outside of the market that's typically where everything's a little bit healthier less ingredients on the label versus the stuff in the interior absolutely so uh i love this idea of you know the way that you cook and talk about food and nutrition with your family i think one of the things that comes up a lot of times is this idea of time and when you've got kids and you've got schedules and there's work and now you've got an hour at the gym and this and that, how do you go about planning and how do you go about actually cooking the food? 
Um, maybe give us some of the tips or things that you found to be helpful. Is it like a bulk cook at the beginning of the week and spread it out? Are we cooking every day? Like, what does this look like for somebody who's interested in, hey, I want to have some healthier meals, but I've got kids, I've got work, I've got to go to the gym. Like, how do I fit all of that in and figure out how to do that the most efficient way possible? I guess I cook so. Um, I, uh, for breakfast, um, it's just kind of really boring. They eat the same thing every single day. Um, they have eggs because it fills them up and they get protein. And then um, they have like a little bit of, like, of toast. And then sometimes if they get up a little early, they'll start with a bowl of cereal and milk just to like, you know, curb their appetite until I'm ready to like make breakfast. Mm. Um, so it's pretty much, they have eggs every single day. And, and that's then- That's pretty much what you eat. That's what I eat Pretty too. much what we all eat that's every single day. That's what I eat. So I just make all- That makes it easy. So they're eating exactly what mom and dad are eating. So you just cook yeah. it all together. Nice. Yeah, lunch, we do, uh, do a little muffin tin lunch for the kids, which is um, like little six muffin tin, do little things. And then I have the same thing every day for lunch, which yeah. that makes it easy. Um, so I think for breakfast and lunch, having, I, I know that wouldn't work for everyone because everyone can't eat the same thing, but I'm totally fine eating the exact same thing for breakfast and lunch every single day. And so that makes it quick and easy. And I have the ingredients like really close. Um, and then for dinner, I actually do enjoy cooking and the kids are used to it. So, um, I spend like 30 to 45 minutes at, to making dinner every night. I do not like reheated food so i don't like mm. to i don't like to meal prep in that sense um yeah, and have all your portions laid out and just throw it in the microwave yeah yeah no i'm not a big fan of that and which is yeah kind of hard but i feel like it just tastes better and um so yeah. i do i do cook every night with them yeah and the biggest thing too is like kristen meal plans oh, like, yeah. so she goes to the grocery once a week and gets everything for the entire week so it's not like a Oh, what are we going to make tonight? Run to the store and everything. I know that that can be like a That's true. everyday thing for a lot of people. Yeah. It's a last minute thing. So she'll like plan out the meals for seven days, breakfast, lunch, dinner, not plan out breakfast and lunch necessarily, but we get all the ingredients, right? Um, and then she cooks at night, which she doesn't work. So that's probably a big difference than a lot of folks lot. that helps out a lot. So um yeah but big thing is schedule i think is the the key that's true meal planning does help knowing what i'm going to make every single night is helpful yeah. Yeah. and it's nice to have those uh staples like you said of like breakfast and lunch if they're very similar you mm -hmm. know every week exactly what you're getting for those pieces and then dinner you can have some fun with it and figure yeah. out hey let's try something else or we're a little tired of this meal let's switch it up and go find something a little bit more unique so it gives you both the stability of knowing, okay, I'm going to be consistent and then that freedom and flexibility. So, Hey, you can have dinners that you enjoy and you're not eating the same thing. Cause I think at least what I've heard from certain folks, when it comes to how do I figure out how to eat a little healthier, more consistently is like, well, I don't want to eat the same thing every single day and just do chicken and broccoli. And it's like yeah, the whole world of nutrition that's outside of chicken and broccoli that you oh, yeah. can have and still live the life you want yeah i uh, rarely repeat dinner recipes so it's uh, yeah there's a few that i'm like oh we should have that again but like most of the time she always comes up with new stuff yeah i don't know how she does it she which is make. probably because i eat the same breakfast and lunch so i have the energy for the complicated different dinners yeah 
And at least yeah. what I've seen, sometimes the kids are involved in dinner making as well. They like to get up on the counter and do a little bit of cooking themselves. They do. Yeah. They like to be involved in everything, which is cool. Sometimes, sometimes they're more cool. helpful than others. And you have to just kick sometimes them out. the messes look like they're a little bit bigger based on the kids yeah. being involved. Yeah. Sometimes we just let it happen. You just like, all right, you know, it's not worth fighting over or getting upset over. So we'll let you spill some over the side and <laughs> swirl it on the counter a little bit. We can always clean it up. A little more cleanup when they're involved, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But that's, I think that's one of those things, like we said before too, they're, they're learning, they're doing, and ideally the, the learning and the doing is going to outweigh the extra cleanup or the hassle that it might cause. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I love the, the pieces we've highlighted already, this idea of movement. We're getting that every day in some way, shape or form, a uh, very active lifestyle. And then looking at the nutrition, which you know, we spent a good chunk of time on and is really the base of the pyramid when we start thinking about how to be healthier, more fit. The other piece um, that I'm always fascinated by is this idea of mindset and the mentality we take towards whether it's training, whether it's, you know, these habits and things we've set up outside of the gym. So I know, Michael, you're working towards something a little bit more concrete with the half Ironman coming up. Um, so I've, I'll start with you just real quickly around this idea of what sort of mindset and mentality are you taking into your training sessions? I know you're hitting the bike in the garage, starting to get back into it a little bit up in the air around it. So just talk to us a little bit about what is your mindset and mentality like when you think about training and getting into movement? Yeah, I would say it's, uh, it's definitely been harder to get started than I had hoped it would have been. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like a very regimented and routine person. So like I've got a 16 week training plan and I have it in an Excel sheet what I'm supposed to be doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like this much swimming, this much biking, this much running. So like what I've tried to do is like, as I'm getting back into it, remove any type of excuse I might have to not work out. So like, all right, I have the schedule. So I know what I should be doing every single day. It's like, all right, I've got a bike trainer now. It's like, okay, I have no excuse. Like, oh, there might be traffic. I can't go ride for 30 minutes consistently on the road. So I'll just, I just won't go like, no, I have the trainer right in my garage. I can hop on and get on it and go like, oh, I got like running shorts, enough running shorts. Like, oh, I don't have running shorts today to go running. I need to do laundry. Like just remove every single excuse that I might be able to throw at myself uh in the day that I'm trying to be like all right that's like all right get up and go like you know what you're gonna do you know what you have to do you have the equipment to do it like get up and go so uh, I think for me like the struggle has been swimming just because I'm not a like a great swimmer I don't have a swimming background um but I was in the pool the other day and I was kind of like I probably don't want to die on the swim because like that does happen. And so like, I should probably, you know, come to the pool consistently because I need to get better at this. So mm -hmm. um, like biking, I'm, you know, pr proficient at and like my legs are still there and running, like, you know, I'm getting back into the long distance and things like that. But I think swimming has been the hardest to come back to, but getting in for this week, the first time I was like, yeah, I, I need to get better at this. So I really need to put some effort into it, not just put it off. So um, I think just like the consistency and telling myself like, all right, come October 25th, like it is happening, whether I do this training or not, like mm -hmm. it's happening. So I you know, need to 
be prepared as possible. So that's kind of been my mindset so far. Yeah, a couple of things I heard you say there that I love. One is this idea of how do we go about making, setting up our environment in such a way that it helps push us towards the goals or aspirations we have and eliminating those excuses. Uh, there's a lot of days you probably don't feel like hopping on the bike or getting in the pool or running or whatever it is. And a lot of us can relate to that. Uh, things happen in life. We don't really feel like doing it. So setting up your environment in such a way that it builds and helps push you towards that success, putting the bike trainer in the garage, making sure that the training gear you need is ready and washed, having access to a pool that allows you to swim. So setting up your environment is one of the more powerful things you can do when you start thinking about staying consistent towards your goal. So love that piece. And then it's funny how even just having that target date does give us that little extra bump and push. Um, so having that specific goal in mind helps you to stay a little bit more consistent. So some really mm -hmm. powerful tools uh, that you're leveraging there, even if we uh, don't realize it or not, which is pretty cool. Struggle is real. The struggle is real. Yeah. And, and it's not always going to be the most enjoyable process. So having it mapped out for 16 weeks and just knowing some days you just got to check the box and that's going to help get you closer to those goals is what, what it can take. And Kristen, how about you? So uh, a little bit more open with your goals and general health, fitness, being strong. So when you step into the gym or think about training and movement, what sort of mindset or mentality do you have around going and investing in that? Yeah, I guess my goal is just to get better each day. Um, and I kind of use CrossFit as my me time for the day. And I definitely can see a difference between like the days that I don't do CrossFit and the days that I do with like how I am as a parent. You know, I'm mm. a little more patient when I've had that time to myself and I've been able to like exert some energy in different <laughs> different ways. And um, I, it, I, I guess it's just a good way to, you know, set your mind for the day. That's why I like, I like to get it done. We go to 8am, but um, yeah. I feel like the rest of the day seems easier when I've had that time to, you know, exert some energy. Yeah. And I think something that you said there is, I mean, something all of us can, can learn and take from is the saying that I've, I've loved and heard over and over again, is you can't pour from an empty cup. And so this idea that if I'm constantly giving and giving and giving of myself and my time, my energy, sooner or later, I'm depleted. Um, but for you, investing in that movement and some time, some me time at the beginning of the day gives you that energy to feel like you're a better parent, better spouse, et cetera. So, that I, so re, uh, thinking about it in that perspective uh, is pretty unique. Yeah, and if I was at the gym not really giving my full effort then I feel like that would be a waste of my time. You know, if I'm spending that hour to, you know, use my body and, you know, grow as a person and have that me time, like if I'm not doing my best, then I'm not using that time to its full potential. Yeah. So really wanting to maximize whatever time you have uh, that you get to spend in there. Yeah. And a question for both of you here that I, I'm curious, because I, I always find this is very interesting when you get involved in something like, CrossFit or Ironman distance training is there's a lot of metrics involved, lifting, running, time, scores, whiteboard, et cetera. How much time would you say that you think about those 
data points, those metrics of, am I moving further along? How do I stack up versus I just want to move. And I just want to, whatever the score is, whatever the time is of my run or my swim, it is what it is. I just want to move. Do you have a sense of like where you fall when it comes to how you think about the training that you're doing and the mindset that you have? Yeah, I think for me, it depends. Like obviously right now, like I, I used to have a goal in this half hour. I was like, I need to get to this time. Now I'm just like, I want to cross the finish line without collapsing. So that's like changed significantly. But uh, I think even like in my CrossFit training too, it's like some seasons or sometimes you care more about certain lifts. Like for example, like February through like April, like my lower back was like, I don't know what was wrong with it. Like I just couldn't shake it. It was going to PT consistently. And like, finally it came out of that. But like during that cycle, there was like a back squat PR, uh, I got into front squats. And like, I just couldn't do any of that stuff um, during that time. But like coming back into it, you know, in the past like month or so, been able to do some more of those lifts and I come back to it and I can look at like October last year versus February, March this year versus now. And like, you look at the little peak of like what you were lifting at those points, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I'm a, I'm a data guy. I like to look at analytics and run some numbers and stuff like that. So um, I'd say I like to look at it, but it's not something that I'm like, for me right now, personally, I'm not like, you know, working towards a PR and anyone lift or not, just, you know, knowing that I'm like staying at the same level, um, give or take, you know, five, 10%, I think is a, a good place for me right now, but I don't have, I don't look at it consistently. So. Yeah, I think that's really fascinating, uh, that perspective, because having those data points along the way help us to identify, like, where is maybe my overall health, fitness, et cetera. So it's not defining you, but it's just a nice sort of barometer around, okay, I'm tracking along. Oh, I got a little bit stronger. It's a nice surprise, but I'm still able to move and lift and engage in things that demonstrate I'm a healthy fit person and there's a mix of when you focus on it and when you don't. So Kristen, how about you? I'm definitely a very competitive person um, in general. And so uh, I'm, I'm not, I've kind of come to the realization, you know, joining CrossFit and everything that like my, what my, my life looks different than everyone else's though. So I'm not necessarily competitive with other people. Um, but more so like my numbers, like when we, when it's PR day, I like really want to hit a PR, um, and, you know, I always feel good about it when I do. And then, you know, finding my weaknesses, like I know that my overhead strength is a weakness. And so, um, me and Anna have been working on, uh, shoulder strength and overhead strength and all that. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll get better at that. So like consistently getting better is very important to me. Um, and I do like to see, you know, those PRs when it's like the day that we get to do that. And, um, but I, I definitely think the good thing with age is that I'm less competitive against other people. And it's really more of like an internal. So like, if I don't hit that PR, like I'm not crushed for the day and I'm not like checking the leaderboard, you know, like, oh, I didn't do as good as this person who like trains five hours a day. So, um, I feel like that's a, I feel like it's a really, I feel like it's a really good competitive space, headspace to be in for me. Um, there's enough to push me to work hard, um, but it doesn't like drive me crazy or make me feel bad about myself ever. Yeah. The thing I love about that perspective is 
there's there's a maturity to that perspective. And <laughs> yeah, definitely wasn't like that before. <laughs> every CrossFitter has that journey of like, ooh, I'm competitive again. I used to be an athlete. Now we look at the leaderboard. Oh, I'm getting better. Look at how much better I'm getting. And then you realize there's just there's always somebody out there who's going to be better than you. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> if it's like the guy next to you at the gym or the guy at the gym down the street. Like there's always somebody better than you. Yeah. And if we get so wrapped up in our own efforts and intensity, comparing it to other people, we're going to constantly be on that roller coaster. And that's not a very fun ride. Um, that being said, there's moments in times where maybe it's nice to just see where you stack up against others. Yeah. If you enjoy competing in local competitions or the open, but having uh, a more stable, uh, I would say, point of, okay, I'm just comparing myself to where was I last month, last year, mm -hmm. et cetera. Am I tracking based on my life, the balance and all that stuff? It's a great, healthy space to be in where you can continue to push and see where you can go. But at the same time, like you said, it's not going to take away from your ability to be a parent or spouse yeah. or anything like that. So it's really a unique perspective that I think everyone has to figure out for themselves. What's that balance of com competing against myself mm -hmm. and then taking a peek and just seeing maybe where I stack up and maybe that helps to identify some areas that you want to improve, like you said. So yeah, like com competitions are like, you know, competitions, you're going to compete, but like every day-to-day -day stuff, I feel like that'd be exhausting to like compete against the other members of the gym every single day. That'd yep. be a lot. It is. And the emotional roller coaster that comes with that is very challenging as well. Um, and I've had the conversation in some of the previous podcasts around this idea of training versus competing. The numbers that some people throw out, uh, some people say as much as 90% of our time should be training, you know, just getting better, focusing on movement technique, maybe the PRs come great, but that 10% of competing, that's where we're like, we're really elevating ourselves the intensity is maxed out because if you try and compete every single day burnout will not be far behind so yeah. something to think about yeah but well i will say we've had a lot of great conversations and i've loved hearing about how you've integrated movement and nutrition and mindset into the family structure that you have with the two you currently have and the one on the way uh, it's really unique. And I think there's a lot of things that all of us can take from that of how do we build an environment and a structure that supports healthy, fit living. So thank you both for coming on the podcast and sharing some of your insights. Uh, I'm excited for folks to hear it. And I look forward to seeing you all at the gym again soon. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it.